Thank you for joining us for the Friday edition of Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain and his wife, Elizabeth. Today, Robert and Elizabeth will continue tackling life issues from a married perspective. Others whispered loudly, Surely she will not touch him. He is a man of God. The young girl began to pour the precious oil upon the feet of the carpenter. As she did, she lifted first her face and then a hand heavenward, while hot tears poured softly down her face. Soon the tears were falling upon his feet, mingling with the oil. The carpenter made no protest nor did he stir. When is the last time you humbled yourself at the feet of Jesus? As Pastor Robert walks through the account of Mary washing the feet of Jesus with her valuable perfume, we see a beautiful example of unrestrained worship. She was scorned by everyone in the room, but Jesus loved her and cherished this act of love. Now here's Pastor Robert and Elizabeth with part two of their message, Through the Eyes of Mary Magdalene. the wealthiest man in the city and a Pharisee, rich and religious. Such would be the carpenter's host this evening. He was greeted at the door of the luxurious mansion by a well-dressed servant who quickly ushered him through the home and out into a large open garden. Everywhere, it seemed, servants were scurrying about, some leading guests to their appointed place, others bringing more huge trays of delicacies into the garden. Among the guests present were the leading citizens of the city, Simon, standing at the rear of the garden, motioned for the young prophet to come and take the second highest place of honor in the banquet room. The host then rang a small bell. Following their host's example, everyone knelt and then reclined and started eating. There was music, wine, laughter, and an atmosphere of relaxed revelry. All evidence pointed to a delightful evening with a wealthy host and a famous young prophet. Perhaps there might even be time for addressing questions to the honored guest. But such would not be the turn of things. Only a few minutes into the meal, there was a commotion at the door, enough to catch the attention of a few eyes, which in turn provoked a flurry of whispers. In a moment, the garden was dead silent. Standing in the doorway was a woman of the street, The loudest sound now was the strained breathing of a hundred souls. From somewhere came the words, It's a whore. Simon was mortified. Such an intrusion by a woman of the street here in his home with this guest present. Unbelievable. For a long moment, the young girl stood motionless in the doorway. All knew her. And some marveled that she was neither afraid nor ashamed. She seemed rather almost serene. They wondered when that shrill, unearthly wail would commence, but 
Some observed that she seemed changed in every way. The Galilean guest, in the meantime, continued eating, not even bothering to look up. The young girl began moving. The electric tension in the room soared, for there was no doubt as to her destination. Every eye watched, transfixed, as the young girl moved across the garden and took her place just behind the young prophet, even at his feet. Turning to look over his shoulder, the young man acknowledged the girl's presence for the first time. For an incredibly long moment, nothing in the room moved. Then the girl pulled from her cloak a beautiful vase, obviously filled with some exotic and terribly expensive oil, its contents undoubtedly representing her whole life's possessions. With uncommon grace and a dignity bordering on reality, she broke open one end of the vase and slipped to her knees. The garden was immediately filled with a rich, intoxicating scent of exotic perfume. Simon stared, horrified, trying not to believe that an unclean woman was such a short distance from him and at the very feet of the young prophet. He turned to one of the dignitaries and said in a whisper that was meant to be heard, Surely if this man is a prophet, he knows she's a street woman, defiled. Surely he will not allow her to touch him. Yet others whispered loudly, Surely she will not touch him. He is a man of God. The young girl began to pour the precious oil upon the feet of the carpenter. As she did, she lifted first her face and then a hand heavenward. While hot tears poured softly down her face, soon the tears were falling upon his feet, mingling with the oil. The carpenter made no protest, nor did he stir. A murmur of shocked disbelief filled the room as the woman of sin began to bathe his feet with oil and tears. Reaching down, she lovingly even passionately, began kissing his feet. And from the city walls, the watchman of the night called out the evening psalm. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy soul and all thy heart and all thy might. But no one seemed to have heard. And those who heard did not understand. Now taking the tresses of her long and beautiful hair, the young girl wrapped them tightly together, forming them into a towel, and began to wipe his feet. She wiped them dry, except for her newest tears. Who, pray tell, is this incredible young girl? She's every one of us. And just to settle it up front, there is no proof that Mary Magdalene, who was delivered of the seven demons, is the same woman as this one who was who was wiping Jesus' feet. There's no proof that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. So we know that. So let's just settle that up front. We know that. Some church traditions, they make them the same person. Others, other church traditions are very adamant that they're not the same person. For our purposes, it doesn't matter. Because to us tonight, she will represent every worshiper, such as Jesus wants to be worshipped. And so whether you are male or female, we... We bring this to us because we think she represents the bride of Christ in a specific way. Because she is this, 
whore that becomes holy. That's the bride of Christ. That's every one of us. And, you know, I've been very open with the women in Oasis. She has always been the one that I have personally identified with the most because I only had one demon that I was aware of driven out of me, and I have had a very public, scandalous um, life of disdain for men and, like, all kinds of immorality that was very known. So I identified with her always, but it was, it was Roberts on his heart that we brought it in here tonight. Really try to see Jesus himself through her eyes, because no matter what our specific past is, no matter what it is that we all bring in here, there is not one of us who has not had other gods, which whether they were specific demons that inhabited us like I had, or it was just that we worshipped other gods to differing degrees, it really makes no difference. Because in God's eyes, that's all spiritual prostitution. It makes no difference. And so that breaks the, the, the ground level at the foot of the cross. We all come there. And so I think God wants us to remember what it was like when Jesus found us at our ugliest, at our most desperate and raw, the way he found Mary Magdalene in this story. Like, do you remember? Do you remember what it was when you, when you had absolutely nothing left but that whatever he offered you, whatever it was specific to you? Do you remember what that was like when, when all of a sudden you were aware that maybe there was hope in a place where you didn't know there was at all? Or maybe, like me, I began to realize that I could actually be clean again. I could actually be washed clean. I think he wants us tonight to remember that, both the first love, but also the first despair. The first that when that met the, the most raw, the most helpless part of you, and then the most, that's when grace was at its purest to us. Before something began to sneak in that so easily happens in Christians where we begin to think that we deserve it somehow, or that we earned it, and now we're not that person anymore. And the thing that, as, as you think of this scene of Simon the righteous Pharisee, who at some point, maybe even himself, had a, a thirst for God. I mean, he became a Pharisee that, that may have been a pursuit of God, may not have been. It may just have been a status desire. But it could have been a pursuit of God, because that's what Pharisees did, supposedly. They, they studied the law, they studied the Word of God. Thanks for joining us for this special Friday edition of Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain and his wife, Elizabeth. Each Friday here on Main Thing Radio, Pastor Robert and Elizabeth will be tackling various issues that we face as Christians from a husband and wife perspective. Be sure to join us each Friday for these insightful messages from Pastor Robert and Elizabeth. For more information about Main Thing Radio, Pastor Robert, Elizabeth, and Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, log on to MainThingRadio.com. That's MainThingRadio.com. At our website, you'll find today's broadcast for you to listen to or download. We also encourage you to prayerfully consider financially supporting Main Thing Radio. With a gift of any amount, we will send you an MP3 CD of the current series Pastor Robert is teaching through here on Main Thing Radio. A secure option for you to give has been provided via PayPal. That's all available at MainThingRadio.com. We'd also like to encourage you to follow us on Twitter. 
A link to subscribe to our Twitter feed is available on MainThingRadio.com. Again, thanks so much for joining us today. Remember to join us on Monday as Pastor Robert will continue teaching verse by verse through the Word of God. That's next time on Main Thing Radio.